Hey guys, it's Jeff, Josh, and Terry, and today we are going to talk about the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Say hi, guys. Hi. hi. All right, Jeff, I think you are leading this topic, so you're up. I'm up. Yeah. So um, as we started talking about this topic of resurrection crucifixion, there's like seven different directions that you could go. There's a lot of information on this one. But we wanted to stick to just some of the, the logical points behind it, not necessarily the historical uh, who wrote when and, and uh, some of those points, the, the, the stuff that can be proven through writing and story. We just want to talk about some of the logical points behind it, and we really have four or five that we're going to... Um, discuss today just some of those logic points. If we remember them all. If we remember them all, <laughs> as we were just going through them again here uh, right before. Um, but so let's start. Um, let's start with the first one here. Is why, if Jesus had to die, and he did, per what the Bible is saying, why would he want to die from a crucifixion? Oh, am I supposed to come up with something? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Josh is really tired, so we're going to make him do a lot of <laughs> yes. battle. So you want me to actually answer that, not just... Oh, yeah. Answer okay. the question. Okay. Yep. So realistically, when you look at the, the history of a crucifixion and how the Romans documented and the, the long track record they had of that, uh, it's, it's really hard to say that you were crucified and have it not be true, first of all. So if you wanted to claim that you were going to be crucified and then you weren't, that'd be problem number one. Problem number two, because the crucifixion was a well-oiled machine in the Roman way of executions, there was no way for someone to survive through a crucifixion. They made doggone sure that whoever they hung on that cross uh, wasn't going to survive. So to choose a, a crucifixion as a death was a way to essentially con make it so that there was no doubt that he was truly dead, which was an important part for the post piece of his plan. Yeah, you know, when, I, when you're talking about that, Josh, I think of some of the different things that the Roman crucifixion symbolized, right? The Romans used that as a deterrent for criminals, right? And so it was the it was the most brutal public way of displaying Extremely death. Yes. So if for to choose that crucifixion, you're basically saying that everybody there was going to see this. People it was in the public forum, it was it was, you know, people that knew it was happening. Um, and so uh, it was it was out there, right? There was no way to there was no way to hide oh, the that, fact that it was going to be That's there. a really good point. They didn't have this a crucifixion wasn't held out in a forest away from everybody. No. It was right at the city entrance, essentially saying, "Hey, you come here and you you be a criminal. This is what you're getting." Right. Yep. And uh, and the other thing too about it is, if you look at some of the scriptures uh, and how they describe his death and the crucifixion, like like the most crucifixions ended with uh, the Roman soldiers breaking the legs because yes. you died through asphyxiation um, because you couldn't breathe up there. Uh, but there's scriptures that talk specifically about there was not a bone broken, and, and so if he was uh, in this case, 
um, there'd be all these, there, there had to be these fulfillment of these scriptures, right? So it's yes. documented, you know, obviously, in scripture. And then um, Roman guards that were uh, charged with carrying it out, if the person didn't die, they were they killed. They were killed. <laughs> right? So um, it's, a, it's a crazy way. That, so the answer to your question is you wouldn't. Right. You wouldn't choose. Yeah, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't choose that. that right? it would make, so what you're telling me is it would make no logical sense if someone who claimed to be God or God-man um, would want to choose that death that wasn't for a very specific reason. It would be a very difficult way to fake it, right? Yeah. So it's not the most smart yeah. way to, to, to write that as, as a myth. Yeah, as Joshua was going to, you didn't survive, right? So, <laughs> so there was going to be no, there was, there was going to be no doubt mm -hmm. um, still still there with that. So those are all excellent points. Anything else you guys want to add? No, that's, that's Okay, so let's uh, let's switch gears. So we just talked about uh, kind of the logic behind um, the crucifixion and why would even Jesus want to pick that, knowing how permanent it was. Well, that was one of the reasons, right? So let's shift gears. So if <clears throat> if Jesus didn't actually rise from the dead, right? The Bible claims he did, and we'll we'll make a case, I'm sure, another day for that he actually did. But um, with the Bible claiming that he rose from the dead, if he didn't, it seems like all the Romans would have had to do to make this fledgling Christianity faith that's just getting off the ground with his with Jesus' death is is present his body. Yep. Seems pretty clear. What do you guys? Yeah, so that is another uh, thing that when you logically think about it, um, doesn't make any sense to, number one, to be crucified by the Romans because the, the Romans would have actually taken the body and put it in a a ditch somewhere, right? Which they did with the criminals back then. Um, but in the other aspect of it too is uh, to 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 claim that you died and then rose from the dead. And this is a unique Christian claim, right? There's all kinds of world religions out there, but they claim or Christianity claims that there was a, there was a spiritual resurrection and a bodily resurrection, right? A physical bodily resurrection and. It would have been way easier if you wanted to create this religion to just say, Jesus rose from the dead spiritually, and now we follow him and we follow these tenets of Christianity and that kind of stuff. Because now, how do you prove it? How do you disprove it? Right? You can't because it's a spiritual resurrection. Um, but to, use, to, to say it's a bodily resurrection, just produce the body, find the body, just bring it. And especially, in, as you said, a fledgling movement, right? Yeah. Very few followers at the time. Um, so, boom, now just produce the body. You know, it, yeah. It, the, it wasn't like it took long for that rumor to get out that he had risen from the dead. So yeah. no, 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 he's right here. <laughs> All right, we're, yeah. done, we're done with that. The thing kind of fizzles out. I mean, I think there are several spots in the Bible where he, you know, appeared to five hundred and appeared to this group of disciples and to these two and to this one. I mean, it, it's all over the place. Mm -hmm. Which really gets us then into, I think, kind of the next question, which is when Jesus first um, rose from the dead, he appeared to women first, which seems maybe kind of cold countercultural at the time, but Josh, why don't you? Yeah, so I'll, I'll be completely honest. This is one that I'm, I'm not super well-versed in, but I know enough to know that back in that time, it would have been extremely countercultural to have you present your, to present anything first to a woman and have the woman go back. They wouldn't have necessarily been the most believed group of people. They, they wouldn't have been believed. Exactly. And, they, and they weren't. Yeah, right. weren't, weren't. There was a lot of the apostles that were like, yeah, they're yeah. Nuts. Right. So it, I'm going to let you guys elaborate more on it from there, but I, I do know that culturally, presenting it specifically with his resurrection, showing up first to the women and then having the women go back and say that Jesus rose, 
like you said, it wasn't immediately believed at first. Right, so if you were writing this as a myth, you wouldn't do that. Ah, yes, that's right. right. Because, right. because for that very reason. Yeah, for that very reason, because people would read it and go, hmm, this isn't true, right? Because no one did that back then. Women couldn't testify in court. They couldn't, um, they, could, obviously, uh, uh, they were actually in, in some of the areas were considered less value than the valuable than the animals mm -hmm. that were owned, right? So there's no credibility there. So the fact that that was the way that it was presented, um, from my viewpoint, from from a skeptic's viewpoint, it's like that's that's just a dumb way to write it. But from my viewpoint, as a as a believer, I'm like to me it's brilliant, right? I'm like I, I, you can see God going just like this is going to be cool, right? <laughs> yes. uh, the way he puts it, he puts that in there. Yeah, could you imagine one of those? Um, Right after those gospels were written, I mean, shortly after you know 70, 80 AD, as these churches and these people were starting to read these testimonies from Peter and uh, and Mark and uh, Matthew, right? And they're starting to read some of these John, starting to read some of these, and they see in those stories that wait, why would they appear to women first? Like we had to take our view almost out of that equation. That would have been shocking. To those people at that time, the fact that they're reading that, they're going, "No way!" It would have almost been scandalous yeah. at the time. So sometimes I think when we look at these types of issues, we have to almost take our mindset and worldview and cultural experiences and almost set it aside and say, "Well, what would have they thought at that time?" and look at it through that lens because that's who those gospels were originally written for. They're written in the language for those people at that time. Now we can still glean all of that stuff out of the Gospels, but they were going to write to the audience in which they were doing, which is what the Gospels did. And so writing something like that would have been absolutely shocking to the audience and it just would make no logical sense for them to do that if they were just making it up, which is what Terry was mm -hmm. absolutely mm -hmm. alluding and to. Then, and then, uh, yeah, you know, obviously, you know, you think about that, that whole uh, process of the way he revealed himself, right? Revealed himself to the, to the women. Um, and even like even the story of uh, I think it's John and um, I can't remember who's a Peter I can't remember who else was running with him to the to the grave right um, yeah but they were running to the grave because they had uh, they had heard right so and then he appears to they're in there checking it out but he appears to Mary right mm -hmm. and in and she's like she thinks he's the gardener but you know then he realizes it's Jesus and um, and then and then even there you know talking about the the uh, truth of the of the scripture. If you just wanted to say he rose from the dead, right? All right, he rose from the dead. So people saw him, and then they spread the word. But then it goes in even farther, and it says he appears to the women, then he appears to the apostles, and then he appears. You know, there's a couple of people on the Emmaus road that he, appear, uh, that he appears to. Then it, you mentioned like, like the five hundred. Yeah. And I, I think that scripture even says. He appeared to even up to 500 at one time, many of who are still alive. So yes. he's writing to the people at that time. Yeah, so yeah. it's basically saying, go ask them. All these people saw him. These people are still alive. Go yeah. talk to them um, so that you can get a firsthand account, right? So, uh, you know, it's, it's why would you put that in there? Especially for us now, it's easy. Now they're not alive. It's like, well, yeah, oh, he appeared to billions of people, right? So you can put whatever you want in there. But at the time, he's like, yeah. And it's not just he talked to Josh and Josh and I wink, wink, co coordinated right. it, right? Yeah. It's he appeared to all these people. So now you can go get all these stories. And yeah. if you had that many people and it was a hoax, somebody would spill the beans. Well, right? and that goes back to th those same 500 people 
they would have known he died because it was a crucifixion. Mm -hmm. There wouldn't have been a question of, was he really dead? It's like, oh, no, this was the guy that we saw be crucified last, you know, on Friday. And now all of a sudden he's appearing to us, you know, 20 days later. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so uh, the fourth one, as you know, kind of moving in the next direction, is this new fledgling um, Christianity that's going on. Jesus died, he rose again, and now we got people like Peter and the apostles of the garden, they're starting to really um, preach God's word at that point in time, what they saw in, in a salvation message. And they, it, it wasn't like they just took some of the Jewish stuff and just added a little bit on, they made a complete shift with how they went just about it because they kind of almost left the Old Testament um, law out of it and said Jesus is in this new fulfilled um, covenant and he was. Um, but so they completely changed a lot of the teaching that was even happening from you know the more Jewish leaders. And so it, was, it wasn't like it was just this little change that was made. It was a major change. Well, and to that point, something that's important, I think, is it wasn't just the Jewish people and the Jewish community that shifted they were allowing Gentiles, the, the normal common yes. people who couldn't, by Jewish law, worship God, were now being invited to and, and welcomed as part of this new found organization. Yeah. And so we have this, there's now this group that is, you know, going off and they're starting to teach us stuff that is, up to that point, countercultural, right? Well, and to, to for the near blasphemy. Yeah. From the, Jewish, from the Jewish standpoint, abs yeah. absolutely. And so. It wasn't long after they started doing this, just a handful of years, 20 or 30 years, and then tremendous persecution started coming down on the church right around 65 or 67 AD, and that lasted for the first few centuries, couple centuries, like two, I think it's about 250 or 260 AD, I forget the exact date in there. Um, but it was a long time that there was tremendous persecution. People were getting beheaded. People were getting, um, you know, thrown into the thrown to lions for entertainment, um, um, crucified. I mean, there were all kinds of different ways that these Christians at the time were being martyred for for their faith. And so, when you just take a look at that from a logical perspective, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Why would these people? And this is the question I have for you guys: Is why would these people? When this new faith, if it was completely made up, why are they? Why are so many of them dying a martyr's death? Yeah, or being under the persecution that they are. Yeah, I, I, I don't think there is a logical reason that they would. Because even if you believe very strongly about something, you may believe that, but it's really hard to convey that to somebody else unless there's something more going on. And we know that during a, a Christianity conversion, there's the Holy Spirit that enters in, which helps solidify that. But from a just spreading it perspective, it's really easy to spread something. It's really hard to defend that thing that you then spread. And I think that from, especially from the disciples, they, they were bought into it, not because they wanted to believe it so much as they witnessed it. It, it really happened. <laughs> and when you see something that really happens, you're going to be far more adamant about it. And there's all sorts of analogies I've heard along that route. You know, if you commit a crime and, or you don't commit a crime but you're convicted for it, you're going to hold your conviction a little more strongly that no, I really didn't versus the one who, ah, I didn't do it. It's it's different. 
Yeah. Well, Jeff knows all about spreading things and how easy it is. <laughs> that, uh, for those of you that are not really confused with that comment, that is a reference to I uh, got uh, COVID about 12 or 14 weeks ago, and I was spread it to the rest of the group of us uh, over the course of uh, the next day or two, and they'll. I don't know, a bunch of us ended up infected um, out of it. Unwillingly, unknowing, around someone that I had no idea had it. And, uh, yeah. yeah, ended up just being like fun. So just, that's where the comment comes from, just to not leave everyone confused. Right. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, based on what Josh was saying there, um, and Jeff, your question is there isn't a logical reason for that. There's no logical reason for it. If it was a made-up thing and they were, it was a nice little thing, if they were, because think about it, if you were going to die for... A belief that wasn't true there's no benefit to you there's no fame there's no fortune your family's not anything it's your, your message is going to peter out right so and that was the whole point of, of martyring these people was to try to put down this new movement um and then not even uh just the excitement of the of the believers of the apostles at the time but where they came from right so when you read the the stories of the crucifixion and the resurrection um you know the 12 that were closest to jesus obviously Judas will take him out but um the other ones they're they're, they're not even mentioned right the only time other than peter the first, i think the first apostle that's mentioned is john when he's at the cross so it's it's all over basically jesus is dying um so peter's and peter's only mentioned because they're talking about what a coward he is right <laughs> so um to go from you know you know, a little before that, he's like, "No, I will, I will die before I let you die, Christ." To, I don't even know this. No, leave me alone. I don't know the guy. Yeah. To, I don't care if you just whipped me. I'm going right back out into the center of the city, and I'm going to start preaching this gospel again. Right. Yeah. It, it doesn't. So it doesn't make any sense that they would have that big of a, a turnaround to be that excited, and then every one of them, other than uh, John, was was martyred. Right. For their faith. In fact, at um, least the evidence shows that. Yeah. So yeah. It shows that. Um, and then if we, we take it outside of the apostles, you look at Saul, Paul, right? Yeah. Um, here's a guy who was persecuting Christians, and now he becomes uh, one of the most, the biggest proponents for Christian faith. Right? That's that's a pretty big flip. Right? Yeah. So I mean, and I, yeah, I don't think he was. You know, he didn't. He didn't. Wasn't like a you know televangelist making millions of dollars, right? So I mean, it wasn't. There was no benefit for him to make that. In fact, he, he gave up a lot of status uh, in, in yeah, importance. Yeah, he was a Roman citizen. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Wait, what did they part of the Jewish community too? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, there is no logical reason. So it just, again, it's another part of that story that you would have written differently if you didn't yeah. want to, to make it sound like, like this is nuts, this is crazy. Yeah, for, for all the fairy tale claims <laughs> that they, that sometimes the gospel gets labeled with it's it's way more fairy tale to believe that it's not true because for all these reasons it just doesn't it wouldn't add up any other way which is the wisdom of god <laughs> yep. yeah and so kind of just to wrap it up here then uh the logic um the with the way the gospels are written the way that things were done if someone was making up the story if someone was trying to create this new faith, they're making it up, they're just trying to get this off the ground, the way they wrote it makes no logical sense with what's going on at that time from a historical perspective, even just from a logical perspective for how someone would even rationally think through how to do it. Um, and so 
not that that all of those things go to just completely prove <laughs> the Bible. Um, it's really, but it is really strong supporting evidence, especially then when we start with this is the point of this uh, video, maybe we'll do future videos, yeah, but if you take a look at the uh, historical stuff of the writings of Josephus and Titus and some of the other people where you can actually link non-Christian sources um, to some of it, it really puts an extremely strong foundation together for the Christian faith, for the resurrection and crucifixion. Because, I mean, we haven't said in this video, we've talked about it before, where if if Jesus doesn't rise from the dead, there's no point. The Bible even says so. Yeah, the Bible Paul, Paul writes it. Paul right, right? Yeah. But even or even yeah. So, and so even logically thinking though, so it wouldn't make yes. sense, right? Why no, I mean that was the hinge point of the Christian faith was Jesus' resurrection. And that evidence for it both logically as well as historically is there. Now we didn't talk about the historical stuff, we talked about the logical stuff, but it's there. I mean the four or five reasons of the things that we just uh, just went through just it doesn't make sense for the writers of the gospels to make it up with the way that they did if it was just going to be made up. Right. It just doesn't make sense. So we can then logically deduce that it wasn't made up. It was the purposely designed that way to so we would be able to do what we're doing today and prove out what Christ did and the sacrificial gift that he gave us by dying on the cross for us, which is a very, very special gift. So Josh, I'm going to ask you as we kind of wrap this up. Uh, because we're, we're talking about all this logic, and I, I love this kind of stuff because I, I love the, the thought process of a rational uh, pattern of getting to a, to a conclusion. Um, but that doesn't ever change your heart to, to, to know who Jesus is, right? And so as you're listening to this, hopefully some of this stuff piques your interest enough that you seek God to show you that it is true. And I feel like maybe you were coming from that because you were a very logical person, but you had to figure out how to get it. Yep. Yeah, Terry's uh, attesting to the, the years of, I had a lot of this logic in my head, and I could explain it or at least acknowledge it, but I, I felt, and oftentimes I'd say, I feel like I'm still missing something, like there's still a disconnect. And it, it wasn't until I finally let go of, you know, monkey with his hand in the jar, holding on to the logic, trying to prove it, versus letting go and it really becoming, all right, I'm going to trust by faith through asking God to reveal that that it went from the head to my heart. And that's when I would say that the, the Holy Spirit came and entered and there was this this change in me. And I have no other way to explain it than th that battle that I was constantly having. I haven't had it since then. Mm -hmm. It's the, the logic now just helps me have more confidence in the, and it's not a feeling like a lovey-dovey, ushy-gushy feeling. It's, it's just this confidence in knowing that it's real. And then now we've got the logic to be able to back it up. Right. And the cool part of this is that monkey paw that was hanging on to the logic, once you let it into your heart, God says, you can, you can still have You can have still it. have it. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it, it doesn't have to be you let go of all of the logic. We still question. We still enjoy having battles and discussions around, oh, why did he do it this way? Or what does that really mean? And there's nothing wrong with that. It's, the, the beauty of it is because it's designed by yeah. the ultimate designer, there's always a logical reason that we can uh, mm -hmm. arrive to, or at least we can get to a point that we can say, okay, maybe it's beyond our understanding, but we still have confidence based off of all the other supporting evidence that we can go, it's just beyond us and we can trust. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast the other day on, they were talking about right on this line of thought, there's a difference between belief in and belief that. Yes. Right, and so we can believe that Jesus died on the cross based on the evidence shown, but to believe in implies a, 
implicit trust yes. behind it. And so there are two different things. So we, a lot of times when we talk about apologetics in these types of videos, we start with the belief that because we've got to engage people, engage you guys mentally see, wait, this logically makes sense. But then we now we have to turn it to once we understand that there's actual empirical evidence, there's actual evidence there that backs up the claims of the Gospels and of the biblical account, we need to switch it from that belief in and we need to go to that heart, or the belief that into the belief in and where we actually put our trust, which is what I think. But there are two different things. And I think that sometimes that gets lost yep. sometimes in translation that there's really those two different types of belief. You can believe that. I believe that airline pilots can fly a plane, but I, I actually believe in them when I step on the plane. Right. Right. So there's a big difference between those two things. And so I think that just is how do we make that shift? How do we how do we help people go from that logical mindset and help them into where they can have that heart conversion mm -hmm. to believe in? Yeah. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed uh, listening to us. And if you didn't. I'm no, sorry. You we'll probably stop next time. So you're fine out here. this point. Yep. <laughs> Josh, Jeff, and Terry. Say, see you next time. Say bye, guys. Bye, bye. guys.